Hey everyone, and welcome back to Colonel Cornbread and the case of the Confederate Ruby. I would first off like to say thank you to everyone who was very, very understanding of my need to take time to be with family last week, but I'm so excited to be back at work and bringing you episode three. Now, it's been a while since the last episode, and I understand that some people may not have time to go back and listen to both of them, so I will catch you up right now. Here is where we left off. In the last episode, Randall Johnson pretty well kicked Colonel 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 <laughs> Colonel Cornbread out of his home when they were questioning them. Uh, Annabelle then informed Sheriff Augie that she knew of a couple people that could have possibly known where the ruby was. One of them was Sir Barnaby Buxton, who was the theater director at the Chickalooky Theater. Colonel Cornbread and Sheriff Augie then go to the Chickamauga Theater to confront slash interrogate Sir Barnaby Buxton, but they had gotten there just in time for the show to start, so Augie had to reluctantly go to his first play, right? And that is where we left off, so we will continue from there. This is Colonel Cornbread and the Case of the Confederate Ruby, Part 3. A Corey Ryan Forrester production. Hey, that's me. Hello there again, everyone. It is I, your humble narrator. As narrator, it is my job to catch you up to speed on the plot. After leaving the victim's house, Colonel Cornbread and Sheriff Augie went down to hey, the thi- What? I've already done this part. I already- Oh. So just, just pick up where, where we were. Uh, you know what I yes, mean? thank you for the professional courtesy, Mr. Forrester. I had a hard week. I had a re- just do, just do your job, asshole. It seems that every able body in town was down at the Chickalooky Theater taking in the show, a show which was sort of going a little haywire. But we'll get back to that later. A notable exception to the performances was William the farmhand who was outside of the church pacing back and forth like he had just been asked to solve a math problem. Not a particularly hard math problem, mind you, but William, like many of his contemporaries, had to forego an education to fight in the, quote, war of northern aggression. Their words, not mine. William seemed nervous and was pressing tightly on a cloth wrapped around his left hand. After finally working up the courage, he knocked on the church door. Oh, come on, Pastor, please be in here. Hello, come on, please. I'm coming, I'm coming. Hold the door. William, what are you doing out here? Get inside before the bugs have you for dinner. My God, son. Thank you, Pastor. I'm, I'm sorry to barge in like this. I didn't even know if you'd be here considering it ain't a church-going night. Oh, William, the, the Lord's work is never done. Uh, plus, ever since we lost a very prominent parishioner, I have to I have to save a little bit of scratch and tend to some of the handiwork myself. So just come on in. Have a seat. Come uh, on. Pastor, please forgive me, but are you... Are you sick? You sort of sound funny. <laughs> you're just you're just not used to hearing my regular uh, day-to-day voice. Uh, while, while pastors believe in the Word of God, we do find it necessary to sort of put on a performance, if you will, it 
It, it may sound disingenuous, but we figure when it comes to saving the souls of the children of the flock, you should use any tip, trick, or tactic you can. Well, I'll be. Mighty talented of you. Who knew that Pastor Paul Perkins was a lesbian? A, a what now? Uh, you, you know, a, a, an actor. Oh, thespian. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, not too dissimilar, though, I'd imagine. Uh, anyways, what troubles you, my son? I, I doubt you hang around churches just for the fun of it. <laughs> no, Pastor, you're right. I, I, I don't. I, I, I did something I ought not have done. Something that I, I know was wrong from my raising, and, and not just my church raising, but, but from what my daddy taught me and from what his daddy taught him. And well, actually, that ain't true. My granddaddy was a hateful son of a bitch. You know, he told me once that Asians could steal your soul straight out your butthole. They can't? Wait, are, are you for real? I mean, that's what my granddaddy always. You know, now that I think about it, I, I should have questioned more things. Yeah, no shit. It ain't no Chinese butthole ghost out here. That's ridiculous. <sighs> yeah, it, it is ridiculous. <laughs> wow, and now, now I'm starting to reconsider everything I hold dear. Well, don't slip too much into the dark, Pastor. I sort of need Jesus' help right now. <laughs> You're right. I'm sorry. Uh, back to my original question. What's bothering you, William? <sighs> well, Pastor, I sinned. And it ain't just one of them itty-bitty sins. I'm pretty sure it's one of them sins what Moses had carved on one of them oversized skipping stones he had. The Ten Commandments. Yep, that's it. Lord, I hate numbers. William, calm down. You're acting like a toddler stuck in a fart barrel. What in God's name is a fart barrel? Consider yourself lucky if you don't know. Okay, William, calm down. It's just me and you talking here. It's just mono e mono. Pastor a dumbass, okay? Oh, thank you, Pastor, but don't be so hard on yourself, all right? What did you do, William? Unburden yourself. Do it in front of me. Do it in front of God, okay? This is what's going to help you. <sighs> okay. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. <laughs> we're not we're not Catholic, William. You can just unburden yourself. We don't have to go through that. I don't have to do no push-ups or nothing? Did you come here to do push-ups? No, I just thought that... Okay, you're right, Pastor. I just need to unburden myself. Okay, I... Uh... Pastor, I took something. <laughs> something that wasn't mine. And I don't... I don't think I can give it back. Calm down, William. Calm down, William. Are you... Or is anybody hurt? No. Is there anybody in trouble right now? No, just me. Just me, Pastor. Just me. Okay, calm down. Calm down. This isn't as bad as you think. We, oh, it ain't? We've all... We've all taken something that didn't belong to us. I, we, we have? Can I tell you a little secret? Yeah, please, Pastor, please. I, um... I did the same thing recently. What? No. No, you couldn't have... Yeah. Yeah. Um... I did. I did. And, um, William, do you want to know something? I, I, I asked God for forgiveness, and I've forgiven myself. Um, because at the end of the day, uh, we're all, you know what they say, we're all, we, we have all sinned and, and fallen short of the glory of God. And if you just do that too, I know that God will uh, bless you, forgive you, and that's, and that's all that has to be said. So we can just we can just wrap this up right now if you want to, okay? It's, you're forgiven, all right? But I took something that can't be given back, Pastor. I can't just forgive that of myself. And I, I, I know that you say that the Lord will forgive me, but I don't. it ain't right nowhere that he will. And I'm a man of honor. And I just, I've always been someone that, stood up for what was right and I've just done I've done something wrong and I just <laughs> calm down Pastor, I Cal can't. William 
William, calm down. There's nothing that you can't undo. Okay? Okay, Pastor. While I got you here, though, what, uh, what, what's wrong with your arm? Why do you have that bandage on it? Well, while I got you here, what is it that you stole that you can't give back? You're right. Okay, let's just let it go. How about that? All right, ble have a blessed day, William, and I will hopefully see you in church uh, next week, even though I haven't seen you or Annabelle in quite a while. I don't know if that's a coincidence or not. Across town, the theater was buzzing as the play was beginning to wrap up. Colonel Cornbread and Sheriff Augie sat with their hands in their laps, awaiting the chance to confront Sir Barnaby Buxton. Is this cockamamie bull doo-doo almost over for the love of God? No, Augie, I'm sorry, but there's one more act. It uh, was supposed to be that English fella performing a Shakespeare bit, but he was indisposed, so they had to replace him with one of our own. Enjoy it. To be or not to be, that is the question. Whether tis nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune or to take arms against a sea of troubles and by opposing in them... To die, to sleep, no more. And by sleep, to say we end the heartache and the thousand natural shocks that flesh is heir to test consummation devoutly, to be wished to die, to sleep, to sleep, perchance to dream. Eh, there's the rub. And for in that sleep of death, what dreams may come? When we have shuffled off this mortal coil, must give us pause. There's the respect that makes calamity of so long life. For who would bear the whips and scorns of time? The oppressor's wrong. The proud man's contumely. The pangs of despised love. The law's delay. The insolence of office and the spurns that patient merit of the unworthy takes when he himself might his quietest make with a bare bodkin. Who, who would far Dale spare to grunt and sweat under a weary life but that the dread of something after death, the undiscovered country from whence born no traveler returns, puzzles the wheel and makes us rather bear those ills we have than fly to others that we know not of. Thus conscience does make cowards of us all, and thus the native hue of resolution is sickled or with the pale cast of thought and enterprises of great pith and moment, with this regard, their currents turn away and lose the name of action. Thank you all so much. And I'm so sorry I forgot to take this strawberry sucker out of my mouth. Thank you. Relieved that the play was over, Sheriff Augie dragged Colonel Cornbread backstage to finally confront Sir Barnaby Buxton. Okay, Buxton, play's over. Let's talk. How, how did you find the play, sir? Did you find it uh, admirable to your, uh, your uh, level of interest? It was fine, if you're into all that. 
stuff. Oh, that is so wonderful to hear. I must admit I find myself in a bit of a panic shortly before the play begins and it seldom subsides until I'm given positive affirmations from someone I respect. And I'm someone that you respect? Uh, of course, my dear boy. You know that I've always held in high standard the brave men who serve and protect our freedoms. In a small town like Chickaluki, if you aren't on the side of the law, then you must be on the side of disorder. Sheriff Augie turned sharply to his left where he met eyes with Colonel Cornbread, who was trying to feed Percy the Possum a piece of meat. Go on now, Percy, get it right there, little piece of sausage. You get that on my little finger. Oh, I love you so much, you little special possum. What, am I missing something right now? It would be nice if you'd participate in this interrogation, Colonel. The interrogation? I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't... <laughs> I, I don't know what you mean. Oh, Barnaby, fret not. I'm sure it ain't nothing. We're just going to ask you a couple questions, and you're going to be on your way. Is that fine? Uh, my sexuality is none of your business, Colonel. <laughs> well, I couldn't agree more. Barnaby, let me ask you this. Uh, three nights ago, uh, where were you? What is the context of this question? You are friends with uh, Randall and Annabelle Johnson, are you not? Yes. Well, uh, well no, I, I thought I was. Sir. What do you mean by that? That you thought you were? It's not anything to trouble you with, sir. It's just that I... I uh, no, I do well, think it's something to trouble me with. I was in the middle of a damn fine peach cobbler before I was troubled with this inquisition, and I'd like to get back to it if you don't mind. Thank you very much. Oh, looks like Augie learned the word inquisition just to get back his pie. I know what inquisition means, and it's a cobbler. There's a difference. Oh, Augie, the only difference is the location and the quantity of the crust. Baked fruit talk aside, Barnaby, I'm asking you a question, damn it. Uh, well, I, I, I thought that I was friends with the Johnsons. I, I truly did. I truly believed it. And what was it led you to believe that you might not be friends with the Johnsons, Mr. Barnaby. Well, they were, they were such good patrons of the theater for years. I was able to keep the theater going because of Mr. Randall Johnson <laughs> sending me checks from time to time. He, he loved the Shakespeare. Oh, God, he loved the Shakespeare, but I, for some reason he just they dried up. And when that happened, what did you do? What, 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 am I being accused of something, Colonel? No, no, no. We're just talking to you now, Bobby. Oh, I think you very much well know exactly what it is that I'm. Uh, we are accusing you of, sir. Augie, now, hold on. Hold on now. Augie, come over here for a second. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, Cornbread. I'm glad that you're helping me on this, but we got an open and shut case here. Open and shut case? How you figure, Augie? You won't explain that to me. The Johnsons cut their funding Barnaby felt slighted. He knew where the ruby was. Annabelle Dunn said it, and he stole it in the middle of the night. He sold it to some Englishman who was in town doing some queer play, and now he'll be able to keep his theater going despite Randall's betrayal. Okay, are you done? Yes. Are you done? Yes, I'm done. Sir Barnaby, can I get back to the original question? Oh, please, Mr. Cornbread. I wish you would. I don't even remember what it was. Where were you three nights ago? I, I was here, of course practicing for the play. And you've got witnesses and alibis that can confirm that? Yes. Literally everyone that works here could and will confirm that. I beg of you to ask them now. 
Kinda. No further questions. I appreciate your time, Mr. Barnaby. We're going to be out of here, okay? What the hell is going on, cornbread? Well, Augie, it's too early to tell, but I think that you may be homophobic. Would you quit making up words when I'm already confused? Dissatisfied, Sheriff Augie led Colonel Cornbread out of the theater and back to the station to debrief. I tell you what, I'm more confused than Mary Todd Lincoln at a bright-colored dress convention. Moments later, Sir Barnaby Buxton was blowing the candles out in his office, preparing to return home for the evening. <sighs> As he turned the corner towards the exit, a shadowy figure appeared. <laughs> Hello. You again. What can I do for you? The shadowy figure took one step forward and handed Barnaby a letter. Read it. Read it. Thank you. Your services are no longer required. To be continued.